You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikhail Morrison out of Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right, back together again. And I want to apologize for the audio issues we had last time. We've been trying different various ways of recording the show that seem easier and Whatever we used the past couple episodes was good, then the last one not so good. So we're back to the old way. You could just blame that I was on the other side of the world and it caused a bunch of issues. Yeah, we could blame that. I except, think that's what did it. Except it was on my track, so and I was <laughs> yeah. just from, I was here in the I was here in the heartland. So honest. I know. <laughs> I was here in the heartland. I blame us all. Sound that bad? I haven't listened to it yet. I mean, from when I was editing it, it's just like these weird little beeps would pop up on like my tweaks, voice, like the little tweaky beeps kind of came into play. Okay. Yeah. I can imagine but anyone not, listening it, it would just be like turning it off, but hopefully not. Hopefully it wasn't too bad. It was still a good episode, and Nick had a lot of good uh, stuff to talk about. So I want to thank you guys for coming back even after that. Hopefully this episode sounds a whole lot better. And uh, <laughs> yeah, is, we love getting true those. Love, right? Exactly. True love. You set them free and see if they come back for you, then you know they're yours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we just want to you know ask again for those five-star reviews on iTunes. We love that. We love it when you tell a friend. So um, with that in mind, what are uh, you crazy kids Absolutely. up to, Michelli? Holy shit! I'm lo- I'm I'm like not even sleeping. I'm so stressed out. What's got it's you up? It's too much. Michelle? I've taken on way too much. Are you Are you waking up in the middle of the night and like making up projects that don't even exist in your mind? <laughs> no, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'm she's, doing. I'm right there on, with you. She t- she's taking Ambien and just waking up to like crazy designs. You know, Ambien is probably made. where I should turn, but that I'm would waking be great. Designers I'm, on Ambien is like a little I'm podcast. Doing on the fact that I may have forgot to do something two days prior yeah. or the day before, and then yeah. my head goes into, oh, did I pay that bill or did I pay that subcontractor mm-hmm. and. Oh, you know, and then I have to get on my phone and jot down notes. Otherwise, I'm nervous I'm going to forget. Oh, yeah. And did I did I put that bill out? Like, that's the other yeah. thing, too, is like, did I make that? Did, did I invoice Did the money it? even come yeah. in? Well, guys, I'm I have a super you, easy I... solution for you. I've got a whiteboard right here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's so easy. Idea. It's very analog, but I love it. You know Little what I list. do? I just, I'll wake up and I'll just yell out, hey, Siri. Remind me to, <laughs> and I wake up the next morning and I've got like these six reminders that I was like, when did I do those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, I feel this, I feel the same way, Mikkel. It's like you, when you bite off a lot more than you could kind of really handle, it's a good thing and we all want to do that, but it takes its toll after a while, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. it does. And I guess these moments, like any, anybody else, you know, when you're running your own agency, you've got your, your crazy peaks like this and then areas that are happy medium. It, yeah. Seldom in between, but yeah, but yeah, it's just the way it goes. No two months are predictable in a way that you don't, you're not sure what work's going to come in. And then there's the opposite case like this in that can take effect. So yeah, like you don't know how your day is going to be until around the first hour or two of work. And then, you know, oh, it's yeah. either going to be slammed or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I often know just like when I first get up, if it's going to be a good day or a bad day. Mm-hmm. It's based on mood. The chimes. Mood alone. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if I go to the gym and everyone's pissing me off at the gym, then I know it's going to be one of those days. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't even take that much. You're just agitated. Sure. Yeah, I know. I know. Anything good for you, Nick? How are you? Uh, you're on summer break yet? Everything's good. Not yet. We got about two more weeks left. Uh, today starts the beginning of their final week where they get to do their portfolio reviews next Saturday, where we bring in about 50 uh, creative professionals and they sit down with them for these little mini mock, mock interviews. And then tomorrow they open up their gallery show. So it'll be really, it's always an exciting time. Nice. It's been, it's been good. Yeah. A and lot that, of fun stuff. Hopefully your uh, troll professor is there like looking at all the artwork and going to yes, Facebook and <laughs> call back to last week, always. I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, things are heating up around here too. It's good. It's a, you know, nice flow of work, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Like the, the different phases are dovetailing nicely into each other. So that's, that's always good. good. For you. Yeah. So uh, we've got a good episode today, but before we get to the topic, let's give a little love to our friends at graphicstock.com because no, uh, no project that I've ever done has been completely unreliant on any kind of stock imagery. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that you need and graphic stock has you covered all the bases, anything that you need, uh, you know, from, you know, just like really look local inspired images to anything, any kind of subject you're mm-hmm. looking for. It's, they've got it all. I've been able to find amazing backgrounds, um, people, photos that don't look super stocky because that's what you yeah. hate. You don't want that. Yeah. Uh, like we've always talked about, you, you don't want the handshake. You got to mm-hmm. avoid that like the plague. You don't want the light bulb. You got to go. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to try to find something that's a little more unique. Um, yeah. So in graphics, I, I sat down that. with I sat down with a client the other day and just kind of threw my laptop over and said, what do you think? Look at this. I gave him a few selling points without looking. He just kind of gives me his credit card. He's like, buy it. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> no, but it's I'm like perfect. Yeah, but it's great, too, because if you get a membership, you can, another one. Yeah. If you get a membership, you can uh, absolutely charge your clients for images that you get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the downloads are yours forever. Even after, you know, if you get a free trial, we're going to give you that information. You're the, what do you download for your for your clients? You, you have rights to forever. Um, 100% mm-hmm. royalty free. Um, and this month in April, they're also launching a new collection featuring thousands of new futuristic and dream-inspired images. Um, so those, those all come included with your subscription. And uh, we've worked out a deal with Graphic Stock that we're giving away seven days free on their website. So you can try it out and explore the new, the new collect, collection and all the old stuff for free. Um, and I think that if you go there with the free trial, you probably won't want to leave. They'll have to kick you <laughs> yeah. out at the closing time. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, they, so you're going to want to go to graphicstock.com slash designcast, all one word. or um, So that's graphicstock.com slash designcast for your free seven-day trial. Jump on it. All right, so this episode comes to us from a – we had a request. Remember how a while ago we asked for topic requests? Uh, we got one from yeah. Janine where she was asking us to talk about working with subcontractors, um, something mm-hmm. near and dear to me. I do it a lot, and I know, Mikkel, you do it a lot. Nick, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how, how much you've done this before. You're, have you done? Been, yeah, it's, it's been both it. hired and, and yeah. contractor. Yeah, so. I think we can all kind of relate to both sides of this. Yeah. So I, I think mm-hmm. it's a good one, and we have touched on this in the past, but um, I can speak for myself saying I think last time we talked about it, I was kind of a noob in the 
yeah. the area. And I've, I've started working with subcontractors much more heavily. So I think I have a lot more to say about it. And it's okay. probably going to be much more solid <laughs> advice now. So, um, yeah. So I think any- like with anything, there's good advantages and disadvantages. It's about knowing how to make it work right for you, uh, oh, particularly yeah. for your business and, and how you run it and, and what you could possibly become with, by using it. I think I've been really lucky and I'm, we'll share some good stuff with that. But don't you feel like it's one of those things where unless until you try it, you have no idea how it can really affect your business. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it could be true. a, you know? it could be like a gold mine or a landmine, honestly, yeah. mm-hmm. like depending on how you, <laughs> you have uh, to, on, you have to be pretty, uh, a, a, do a fair amount of rock star, uh, maneuvers and way of project management. So mm-hmm. if that's yeah. not your forte, it's not for you. Yeah. Cause it, be a the, long night. the thing, yeah, the thing <laughs> is, is the more and more you become uh, reliant on, any kind of employee, whether it's a subcontractor or like actual full-time employees, you will start to find yourself transitioning more into a producer um, role, mm-hmm. which I kind yes. of am enjoying that. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I still do my design work, but I like being able to kind of control the flow of the project. Oversee the Amongst yes. everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, it's um, nice to yeah. have both. There's a nice balance there. I, I appreciate that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'd say the the biggest ben- people might be asking. I think a lot of our listeners might be kind of on the younger side of things. They're just kind of starting out themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not sure how this really applies to them, but um, I think it's really helpful to listen to this episode anyway, even if you don't feel like you're there, because um, it's like I tell I've some friends who uh, aren't ready to buy a, a condo or a house yet, but I tell them start going to open houses, wrap your mind around it as an option mm-hmm. so that you can kind of start thinking maybe this can be for you in the future. So working with subcontractors is one of the only ways where you can truly grow your business. Cause if you're, if you're doing everything, wearing all the hats all the time, there's only so many hours in a day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to yeah. be able to really, um, you know, grow the way you want to. So. And some of those hours could be frustration and that's, yeah that's killing you even on top of just being fully booked and fully busy. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. And the other benefit is it allows you to kind of stock, uh, you know, it's like a gin rummy hand, like get, get all the good cards, get, get the, get the rock star copywriter, get the great, uh, developer, get the great logo designer. Um, maybe, maybe you're a great logo designer, but maybe your style is really locked in and maybe you got to get a few other logo designers to, um, to, to draw from when your style isn't what the client needs rather than turn yeah. them away, hire someone else and then mm-hmm. fold it into your company. So, you know, that's, that's the benefit and that's the reason why to kind of keep this in mind. So before we get into, you know, I, I guess the, the tips portion, let's just talk about our own experience with this. Mikkel, mm-hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about kind of who you've hired as a, like what kind of roles you've hired for? when you started your experience with it? Tell us a story. Um, <laughs> um, my, yeah, nice. <laughs> my, my, um, I think I really started kicking this into gear when we were in Salt Lake. So that was closer to three years ago now. So it, it, um, it's anything new. It doesn't matter what is always a challenge at the start, and it's, there's some intimidation yeah. there, and you're racking your brain like, am I doing this right? But 
Um, if you start to worry about that less and just go with the flow and manage things the way that you know how to manage things based on longstanding relationships with clientele and what they typically expect, then you know how to direct your team. So um, I utilized that as a major go-to for philosophy purposes. And then, um, but to answer the second part of your question, by and large, it's particularly for developers, um, mm -hmm. UX designers, uh, mm -hmm. for pretty hardcore wireframing lead um, positioning. And then if I, if I can crank out the conceptual phase of UI work, and the template framework component of the project has been approved and is underway, then I'll get a production designer that's maybe junior to senior, if not just particularly mm -hmm. junior, to take all other skinning um, yeah. of, of the project. And it's nice because it creates a base. I'm in charge of all the handoff components for he or she at that phase. So it's nice from a control perspective of explaining everything from A to Z, you know? And, yeah. but I, I, like you had mentioned before, Wes, I really like, I don't want to give up hitting the canvas board. So it's nice to have the balance of still working mm -hmm. within the files. And then in some cases, I don't even touch them. Yeah. I, ju I just review, send feedback and then, I may have my hands on some files for handoff purposes to another team member, but I may only open them once or twice. And I love that. Yeah. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully, does that, does that feel like it kind of answers yeah. my experience? So, okay. So who was your first subcontractor? Do you remember your first time you ever did this and how did it go? I think that it was um, a developer for my own site that okay. I, I, it, I, I experienced some comfortability and I asked that particular individual if they were interested in ongoing work that was not MKM Design, that it was mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. client of mine. Okay, and cool. Yeah, that's, it, a, it just, that's a great place to start with your own site. Yeah, and then you just kind of know what, where the glitches fall and if there are issues, and you can sort of determine if that individual is even worth well, yeah. future engagement. Yeah. The trial. Yeah. No, it's a, it's mm -hmm. a great um, great point to make. You should always, whenever you're hire, hiring a new subcontractor, it's always a really good idea to give them something small or something that, um, in your case, maybe it wasn't a small project, but at least it was, um, and it, it definitely was important because it's your own site, but the worst thing to do is to hire them for a big project that Put all you're on your the hook trust. for with your clients. Yeah. Because yeah. I've had that. I told oh, it famously before, my first couple awful. developers were a shit show. Like, and I can only blame myself for giving them such a big project. Um, and I, I ended up looking really bad in front of my client because of it. And I learned a really valuable lesson. So... Yeah. Great place to start with your own site because even if they screw it up, you're you're the only one that can be mad. It's not, not your client. client. You're right. You know your your reputation really isn't on the line at that point. Theirs exactly. is, but yours isn't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Other than your site looking like shit, but yeah. <laughs> nice. What about well, you, Nick? What's you'd uh? Never, what's you'd your never first... launch anything that looks like shit, right? God. Well, that's true. Yeah, keep it on the <laughs> stager. I would say I, I've hired in two ways, and the first way was primarily when it was someone that was completely out of my wheelhouse. So 
it would be a copywriter that I've partnered with over the last few years. Mm -hmm. And we have been really beneficial for each other, her bringing in clients, vice versa. Um, I was a little apprehensive of doing it at first because it is a little bit, even though it's a capability that I can't do, it was still a little weird feeling like I'm putting that my reputation to my client in the hands of somebody I've really never worked with. Yeah. Um, but I had a great feeling and she did do solid work and was always on top of things. And in a situation like that, you have instant trust and you're like, I'll use you from this point on. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think the only ones that we typically use, um, we just hired out for a motion design uh, designer who did a ton of motion graphics for turning our logos for this latest restaurant into some really cool motion things that will play in the environment of this, of the space on mm -hmm. screens. And that was something that even in a meeting, they were like, almost like thinking about, Hey, what if we could do? And he mentioned something about motion. And I just was like, I have the confidence. I know someone I can hire right now. And I was like, we can do that. You know? So you, you get this confidence boost booster when you have them in your back pocket. I yes. think in a way too. And I would even, I'm, I'm sure all three of us would probably even without knowing someone would throw that out in a meeting just in saying, Hey, I'm going to put it out there. And that means I've got to find that person now. So I'll take the risk, but it makes you sound so much better because yeah. you're doing, you've got a little more. So my, that first phase I'd say were people that were beyond my capabilities. And then other than that, it's more junior talent to bring on when there is a time consuming, repetitive kind of production job on, let's say 12 different, packages for a client and they need multiple changes, multiple retouching. That's just an hourly that I don't want to do. So I'd rather find someone and we've built up two to three go-to people for that. And again, you, we trust them completely. They know it now because uh, I give them the same projects, almost the same client and they're getting very familiar with it. Yeah. No, that makes a whole lot of sense. So you start mm -hmm. with the things that you don't know how to do, then it, eventually you become comfortable yeah. with it to where yeah. it becomes like now you can start hiring people that do things you can do, but maybe they charge less mm -hmm. than you so you can focus on the more important parts of the business. Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, too, it doesn't it keeps you still on the boards. And like what I only want to do now is the initial brand development and that the everything that's up front until we get to that part where it's locked in. And then it's like you can take that and now you've got your Bible. And if you're doing a good job and making sure your standards are great for whatever job you've, you've done or art directed, hopefully you've given them the tools to take it on and, and take some ownership as a subcontractor. And they've, they, there's no questions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I think for me, the first thing I ever did was uh, de hiring developers. Like I said, mm -hmm. you know, I think I went through three before I found a good one that I am still using to this day. And he's great. Um, you know, so it, that's a, a lesson for the, for everyone out there is you're not always going to find the right one right away, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, it sometimes it's kind of takes a lot of digging, but I've, um, yeah. but now I'm hiring, I, I've worked with the same copywriter on every project, same as you, Nick, um, mm -hmm. not the same copywriter, but so that came from a referral and he is amazing and he makes me look good every time. Yeah. And he's one of the yeah, yeah he's one of the few um you know subcontractors I have that I allow to speak directly with my customers. So what we do yeah. is the way it works on a website. Um you know after we've got done the kickoff meeting then we schedule the copy call. So I'm always on the call with with him and the client and he just has a great way of 
talking to the client, getting what he needs out of it. And it just reflects really well on the deep end, you know, Good. for him. So, um, and now I've, I've got, uh, SEO contractors. I've got, um, uh, I just hired one of my first, uh, logo design contractors recently that turned out really well. That was from a referral as well. So Good. yeah, the next one I want you know, you, is, um, yeah. The next thing I want to do is kind of how, how you're doing it, Mikkel. I want to find that person who I can do the, you know, one base page, like a homepage or a landing page, and then hire someone else to skin the rest of the site based mm-hmm. on that look. That would be there kind of my... There is something, there, there is maybe a dis- discussion to have around the, what, what Nick was bringing up for areas where you don't necessarily have the experience but mm-hmm. you, but your client has left all trust in you to seek the proper individuals to accommodate these roles. I've had that happen to me for videographers, for example, for yeah, a particular style of videography. And maybe sometimes it incorporates that hand sketch, you know, the fluid you know, cartoony stuff along or, or like that ESPN, like dramatic story with panning in, panning out of somebody's life. Yeah. Yeah. You're Ken going, Oh no. Like what am I, what do I do? So you start asking around amongst those that you have either worked with in, in agency or have collaborated with and that, you know, the trust mm-hmm. for referrals rather than going to e- you know, Upwork or, you know, some needle in a haystack type of online source to get a feel for the actual, the actual scope, one, the steps that are needed, two, and the individuals that you might be able to, to round up, um, to select the top from. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, like your, ourselves, those that are most experienced and are going to push out quality work, you might be really super surprised at the rate. So then yeah. you have to go back to the client and rest assure them, listen, I've never worked with this individual before, but he's well <laughs> worth the money. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it can yeah. be tricky. And you have to know how to maneuver all that speak. Exactly. And what, you know, some of them have even come via just fun connections or people that we know and, when you put your work out there, if someone specializes in something, like we do so much in food, someone saw how much we were doing and was an illustrator of food and package for packaging in uh, Europe. And he's based in Barcelona of all places. And he sent me something at just the right time when we needed it. Wow. And I, we took a little chance because yeah. I was like, your work's great, but I've never worked with you. But as soon as I showed the client, they were like, you are this plethora of creative talent. So they were like, <laughs> what a great... Uh, it it really changes the spectrum of what you look like to your client. Yeah, if you think about if, it, if, like if you were saying, your if you, clientele you're this knows that you can mm-hmm. become or are currently a one stop shop, and you have connections of all sorts. They won't even ask, "Can you recommend anymore?" They'll say, no. "I need bundle it, th- bundle it through you." Right. Yeah. So interesting question. Um, sounds like you two. The way you work more with your clients is you you kind of present these subcontractors almost their your work to your clients and make sure they like it and kind of say here 
this is what I'm doing. I'm going to subcontract this out to this person, possibly. What do you think of that? Is that kind of how you run it? I'm more transparent about that now. But yeah, it, it runs both ways. Sometimes I don't make an Sometimes introduction no at all. Of, and yeah. then earlier this week... I just week, say we can handle it. I had yeah. an in-house meeting with a client in Seattle. And we got on FaceTime with the the developer that we're collaborating with for a major U-Haul. Overhaul, excuse me. Um, <laughs> that's based out of Salt Lake because he couldn't beat there. So we got him on FaceTime. And I, made, I had him... I made the interjection between the CEO and that individual. And oftentimes it just depends on the circumstance. They'll really appreciate that open door. Yeah. I see now I feel a little bit better about moving forward. This guy knows his shit. Sure. Yeah. As long yeah, as I you oversee it, I don't want to see anything other than deliverables. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's based on, I think for me, it's been based on where this person is in their experience. So if I see that person seasoned and it will be a, a benefit for me to include them in on the, the introducing them to the client in some way, then it will help that way. Great. Specifically if it's a, you know, it's a good, a good price to get them involved. You know, there's, it's not cheap, but on the other end, if I know I can go down and dirty with someone who's going to be like, I can scrap this together and do it for you. Like in the motion thing, I, I use someone very young that just had a great workbook, but it wasn't worth kind of didn't even need to interject it to the client. I was just like, we can handle that priced it out yeah. and showed them the example and they were happy with it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between um, operating as more of a business as opposed yes. to operating under your own name. Yes. Um, Cause you know, you can, can toggle between like, the two. You can do both. Yeah. yeah. Well, like with the deep end, I don't ever feel the need to say I'm going to be using this person to do this because they're just folded into the deep end. We're, do- yeah, we're exactly. doing this. Yeah. I do that and too. I, and I get I'm you. their lead. Yeah, and like I'm the lead contact. I'm kind of the only one they ever talk to, except sure. for when they talk to my copywriter during that call. Uh-huh. But I generally don't ever have them on the phone with another designer or anybody else because I'm the, you know, the the producer at that point, and I'm the yeah. project manager at that point. Yeah. So yeah, they're just dealing with me, and whoever I choose to fill this role, that's on me, for good or for bad. Sure. Yeah. If it by, if it turns out to be a but bad once you hire, you're comfortable with then... that process, though. You just why why revert from it? Why step away from you know? Try a different angle. Yeah. I I get that because you're working amongst with a number of individuals and you actually d- don't necessarily know how to predict the, your day to days. So it's gonna mm-hmm. shift anyway. Ulti- you know, inevitably, no no two projects will ever be the same, even if it's working with the same individuals time and again. So, yeah. so I, I can yeah. absolutely understand that. One really interesting story that I'd love to contribute that is very, um, maybe unordinary. I don't know. I'll leave that to you guys. So <laughs> I, I have a very longstanding um, client of mine that I've been supporting since 2008. And they have gr- grown so much that they needed to open up a, a new office. And so they have me leading all interior design work. That's not my niche. Really? That's mm-hmm. not what I do. But the um, business partnership has been so elongated and so comfortable that they knew that they could trust me even if this was not necessarily my realm. So mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. I mean, they've been forking out that tens, twenties, fifties, thousands of dollars on furniture items that I've been picking out for this space. 
And I've been working with vendors for huge metallic signage, foliage coming through the walls. I mean, they're looking at me for how they should be spending their money, right? Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I'm now the marketing director and her husband are saying, can you please remodel our home? <laughs> Interesting. New wow. career shift. There you go. I know. I mean, Suzanne I don't think so. I don't think so. But in in a sense that the client trusts me, and I, the marketing director is my point of contact. She's like, we need your help. Based on what you've done with this hand. office space, I, I love yeah. the, the process. I love how it's been going. Can you fly out here? <laughs> so this yeah, is my chance to get in touch with interior designer that I know, a design build firm that I'm familiar with, and an architect perhaps that I, and my chance to collaborate with them. So here's, here's, a, here's a question that I would, I'm so curious for you guys to answer. Have you ever had a circumstance where you've reached out for collaboration and found out, you know, this is a completely different market, right? Remodeling than, than mm -hmm. yeah. our digital world and print, print media you may find out that their billable is like sky. I mean, it almost pisses you off how much they're making. Oh yeah. I've had yeah. that a few times. So what do you do in that circumstance? Do you talk them down or do you, do you just, do you, are you fine with the off. fact that your billable <laughs> is substantially lower? I, I figure, look, if a company is getting the money that they're saying they're getting, uh, they've, they've either built their demand and the quality of their work up to a point where they're getting it. And, I can only learn from that and say, I, I, I'm so glad when those opportunities come around because I think it, if anything, it makes me relook at how I'm doing things and how can I get to that level. Different industries. I, it's not, oh, no. It's not I, apples I, to I, apples. That's yeah. why it's such an no. interesting question. But I've seen it even yeah. within our same, our same industry. And it's like seeing what other agencies have been charging for certain things. So, whole other topic, I know, but like, my God, man, it, it's, we have to hear that. We, like we say, we always have to, you got to talk numbers a little bit because, man, I think a lot of us are, are, are on the low zone, maybe. I yeah, don't know. this may be an interesting topic to say for one day because design mm -hmm. isn't just necessarily billable. There isn't just, you can't just say, oh, design is design. It's different industries. Yeah. No, there's totally. But isn't it good to so work with all facets. these other people? So many you, facets, you're getting yeah. to work with all these other, like I, even with my copywriter, even with the people we've been using, it's interesting to find out what, what their rates are. You know, uh -huh. it's like, it, if anything, it helps you become a little more well-rounded and go, okay, yeah. now I'll remember if I'm adding video or motion graphics to my thing, that's mm -hmm. a whole other level. And that's, that takes, that takes serious time. A lot of time. We could do, we can maybe do something very quickly because of our, our experience, but boy, if these other capabilities we're bringing in, it, we're really learning a lot. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's maybe a good advantage to subcontracting. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Well, segues into an, uh, another fun, dis or not fun, but an interesting discussion about, um, <laughs> you know, where do you guys come down on when you're hiring these subcontractors? I know there's got to be a balance between quality of work and rates to make it worth it Budget, for you. Because yeah. what you don't want to do is subcontract to someone who's earning just as much as you are. Because now you're breaking even with that with that work exactly. like you're not you're uh, you're yeah. adding you're adding services but you're not making any money off of that service so at a certain point um how do, where do you come down on that because i can say for me what's worked well for me is um most of my contractors are you know overseas 
my developer yeah, is okay. India, in India and he char- you know his rates are really really reasonable um it's a good rate for him and it's a good rate for me and it allows me to be profitable because <laughs> if i was paying an, yes. an american developer to do the same work i would be scraping work. by so exactly um and you know with i feel like most of my other contractors are really reasonable as well like my copywriters canadian uh, my logo designer that i started working with is canadian um and it's not like i went after canadian people specifically that just those are just the referrals <laughs> i got <laughs> i got yeah. these two referrals uh, and um yeah yeah it's been and and I, I can say that their quality of work is really good and i don't feel as if they're being ripped off which is good no that's so, good what do you think, uh, Mikkel? You looked like you were um, maybe having a differing opinion about making money off of your subcontractors versus not. What yeah. do you What do you think about that? Um. Well, the whole benefit to collaborating with others within within the same umbrella of your business is to be able to make you know, expand your business, grow your business, pull in the revenue. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. if that's not the case, but you, and you, maybe you're satisfied with just the networking component of being introduced to these other members and seeing how they run processes, I guess that's a call for you to make. But in my opinion, I don't think it's worth it. I think, I think money speaks too much. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you agree. Um, cause that, that's it. And I think, yeah. I hope that people aren't thinking we're saying, uh, take advantage of people that make less than you. Far from it. Um, oh, it's just no. it's just Absolutely. finding. That's yeah, a good just, point to make to yeah. verificate. Don't yeah. forget, you were the you were the lead in getting this job in the first place. Your yeah. references Run and your show. reputation Take advantage. brought this brought this opportunity to someone. So to your point, Wes, and when you asked that question, I I immediately realized what I do, and I hope this is good, and maybe it's different for others. But I, when I reach out to a contractor, I tell them flat out what the what the what the budget is. Mm-hmm. No more, no less. And that way, I, it gives them the chance to say, can they do it or not? It, if, they're, if they're hungry and they need something, they'll take it. If it's a little low and it doesn't work, I, I'll, I'll have to move to the next one. I, I have to know that you and us have brought this, this opportunity for them to even be considered. So, right. And that came from a lot of hard work. It, this, these, these jobs don't fly into your pants or into your inbox Oh, yeah. By chance. Like getting the job in the first place is such um, a I use that. Battle. I use that to my I use that in the way to say, look, um, I'm almost a headhunter in a way for yeah. them. And vice yeah. versa. When they yeah. come to me, I might have to kind of lower a little bit totally. to get into something that I really want to do for a client. Yeah. And we've we've talked about that before. If you can do that, great. So on the flip side, do it yourself as well. But I tell them I figure it out. I know what I'm charging my client. So I will knock it back a bit, tell them it's this. Yeah. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. And that way there's no, I, no question. No surprise. I have had situations fairly recently, in fact, where the client has pinged the developer without looping me in. And oh. I've had to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mikkel is wagging her finger. Yeah. yeah like, like, tis, like a tis, librarian. Tis, tis, people. <laughs> this is an MKM job. I have to be in the know of all exchanges here. It's for the betterment of everybody. I'm not just being a control freak on you right now. Absolutely. And then, you know, apologies come into play. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people just, including ourselves, we just work too fast and we just just forget. But 
I, I had to put my foot down pretty strongly on that because if I'm not in the know about anything and there's a glitch in the process of a, of a project that's pretty fucking huge, yeah, yeah, that's not my fault then necessarily. You forgot to loop me in. Yes, as long yeah. as you were up clear up front and saying, at the beginning, yeah, communication yeah. comes through me because then, hey, this is always going to happen. That's human. I, I that sure happens all the time. So you just correct it, but hopefully. It doesn't cause any issues. But isn't it rest assuring when the developer, those that you're collaborating with, are saying, I noticed that you were in pro- – can you I – won't, I won't touch this until it's okay with you. Like, there's so much respect that can come from collaboration. I just – I've appreciated it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a good point because I don't ever even give my clients the opportunity to get in touch directly with my subs. Um, everything we do is go, it goes through Basecamp. So I suppose mm-hmm. they could send a message because they would see who else is on Basecamp. But uh, I've just I set the expectation up front that you're dealing with me. Yeah, I set yeah, the to yeah. dos. Um, it would be out of I do it too. would be very out a, of left field. It would yeah. be very out of left field. Like I don't introduce my developer to my client, and that's exactly why. That's exactly why because you yeah. didn't do the introduction. Yeah. You would only reach out to someone that was there was even the slightest bit of introduction will make someone feel comfortable enough to go to them. But you don't yeah. do that, and that's why it's probably yeah. not happening. And if they're looking at the names on Basecamp and they de- determine which one is the developer, <laughs> that's probably them being a little racist. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be a, a hell of a leap to make. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, but it's just all through Basecamp, and I just determine you know who's. Mm-hmm. Like I say, the only time anyone ever speaks to my client, it's my copywriter, and it's in that first meeting. Beyond that, yeah. all the feedback goes through me, and then I go to him about it. And um, speaking of my copywriter, he is the only one that I kind of don't mark up his services because his mm-hmm. services are kind of, you know, price. I wouldn't say pricey. They're worth every penny. But um, it the benefit I get out of deal, working with him is different than monetary value. What it allows me to do is to get the copy and the content in a timely manner, which never would happen if it came from the client. Yeah, you were talking about that last time yeah. where you automatically put that into your scope of the project. So it handles the process better and no one's juggling with content on the client side. You're making it right with your copywriter. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So you- it, I think that's a great way to, to say that you're not adding anything extra to, to what he's been bringing into it because you're getting value in it in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. The value being that the project ever gets off the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is and, enough you know, value for me. And good kudos and probably and maybe even a good recommendation and furthermore and further jobs. So it, it it's you know you're getting it back regardless of not upcharging anything. Yeah, well, so it's a few benefits. It gets it gets the project off the ground with content, but beyond that, it's really good solid persuasive web copy. Yeah. Which makes it just reflects well on our company because once that website goes live, it's got the, all the right kind of content that's going to make their customers actually buy from them, take action yeah. from them. Yeah. And then that's Good. all part of what we offer as a service. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to mark that up. It's, it's enough of a I benefit. Get yeah. I guess one of the really important things to take away from this whole discussion is that there, you, there, there's no, right, right or wrong. It's so dependent on so many factors. 
I won't be nearly as transparent with those that I collaborate with a, a client contact like I am some somebody else. It just depends on so many factors. I, it's for me to decide. And there are advantages to that too. It could be that the client really appreciates that transparency, that openness, and the willingness to share. They find out that I trust them not to make some sort of steal happen, that I'm trying not to control everything. Um, it just depends. And I don't know that yeah. I would would have opened that door to to make an introduction. Like I I ha I'm leading a UX project. I'm not a UX designer, but I have the individual that is taking on all UX components to a project present in the office at the client's space because that's why he was hired. Yeah, and I, well, I'm of makes course sense there too, that. but. Yeah, it, yeah, makes it, sense just, it just depends. There's context. no like black and white with this. And you learn to feel it out and know what's comfortable ongoing for both you and knowing the client. Yeah, sure. So, so yeah, it's just, I think it's important to note that. Yeah, gotcha. And another kind of subcontractor that I think is important that they can uh, speak directly with your client might be uh, your SEO person. If you're folding that into your offerings, because um, there's a well, and sometimes development for that matter, because there are some times when your clients can have questions um, for those specific things, yeah. and if you don't really know it inside and out, it's like not I, your wheelhouse, yeah, yeah. I feel so dumb every damn time when it comes to um, <laughs> one thing that my brain is just really stupid about is the way um, you know. I understand like domain names and hosting and stuff, but it's always like switching that domain name onto a different host and all, all the, the little passwords and everything you need. I can never oh. quite wrap my mind around how all that works. Uh huh. I know I'm an idiot, but like, so like <laughs> all that, there's a client I've got now where it's like, they're, they weren't getting the, we weren't getting the passwords we needed. So I'm like the, the middle, the go between between my developer who um, can't really speak English. He can type it in Basecamp perfectly, but he's not comfortable. <laughs> he's not comfortable talking with my clients because he doesn't like understand it spoken and doesn't speak it very well. So I had to be the, the idiot go between trying to like not seem as much of an idiot as I am. <laughs> so like it might be worth it in that case to have a developer who you can get on the phone with your client. Um, same sure. with SEO. So yeah. But, um, all right, cool. So, you know, in terms of, so I think we've already said the best way to find these people is referrals. That's kind of what I believe in now. Um, I know in the past we've recommended things like Upwork for finding people, um, as kind of a, a secondary option, but gotta say, I haven't found a whole lot of great finds that way. My favorite mm -hmm. people that I have now I've found based on referrals. So, um, do you guys find that? Do you have any other? That's the best kind of case scenario. Yeah. So it, to be honest with you too, even like Instagram and Behance yeah. and Dribble, just know, you know, maybe just being aware of those and looking through those on a weekly basis when the opportunity comes around and like we needed a little animate, uh, animated character for like a mascot. And I just thought of an Instagram feed I've been seeing for months and contacted the person, brought them on. 
did a killer job. It was exactly the, the cool thing about that is you, if you're after a specific style, you'll, you'll, you know, that person immediately because of the work they're posting. Yeah. So I think that's a great way to do it. And if they look awesome. reputable and, and they're, and they have good recommendations as well, I'll take a chance. But other than that, you're right. Referrals are, uh, you know, a hundred percent the strongest way to find them. Yeah. Otherwise you just, it's a lot of just promises and you never know what you're yeah, exactly. really going to get. So, um, <laughs> yep. yeah. So like you've got these referrals, you've got options. Um, I definitely recommend always interviewing your top candidates, um, mm -hmm. video chat or on the phone. I yeah. would never hire someone without kind of no. chatting with them a little bit first. Um, you just kind of really get to know a sense of their, their style, their work ethic. Like I can tell a lot over the phone about Definitely. if you're going to be on time or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can just kind of tell in that tone of voice sometimes like they're never yeah. going to get your shit on time. Yeah. So I, and I've had, I've had, um, such adorable, eager, um, junior designers like mm -hmm. on Skype with me and they're taking notes on their, their other monitor and then they're taking out their patents and asking me to repeat stuff. I'm like, you're being so sweet about this. I love yeah. you. <laughs> like, thanks for being such a diligent student with me here. I think they know, they know how to get right to, to Mikkel's heart. <laughs> they know that Mikkel thrives on notes, note taking. Like, I think she's, so I think cute. she said, I think she's, she said that on a podcast before. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's do that. <laughs> you know, if they bring up spreadsheets with you, real they're just diligent. kissing your ass. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, you haven't given me shit about that forever now. Well, well Mikkel, we just it. emailed you a 14 page spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I love you. You're hired. <laughs> oh, screw you guys. <laughs> so, um, getting through kind of like the tips here, um, before we get to the listener questions. So, uh, mm -hmm. what about contracts? Do you guys ever kind of hold anyone to a, an agreement contract? I have not really done this with my subs, but I know I should. What are you only think? on the bigger jobs, only on the bigger jobs where I knew it was a matter of there were a lot of checkpoints in time and delivery. Um, and it was more of a time schedule that I wanted them to sign and say, you're, you're good with this. The biggest issue for me is that a contractor is not as vested in your, your business and the success of it as if it would be someone that is full time. So you might have to do that just to cover yourself and feel a, a bit more peace of mind that that person has committed to all those dates yeah. and it gets you a lot more organized too. But I have done that, um, specifically and contract as well, as far as how I'm paying them when they're going to get paid. I, I like to make sure. So it's not out of pocket. I explain to them how I'm charging the client when I will get paid and then you will be paid, you know, within three days later. And that way I'm yeah. not getting an email going, Hey, where's the payment? Cause I don't want to be like what my, I am to my clients. Where's your payment? Right. <laughs> you no, know? Yeah. I was going to bring this up next paying them. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. I, I like to oh. be like a, I like to be a benevolent employer and mm -hmm. just as soon as they, like I always make them send me the invoice cause I need that for my records. But I, I'm kind of, I, as soon as I get the invoice, I just pay them. I don't wait around for, I don't wait to be paid by yeah, the client because regardless they've done the work for me. Like I don't when you're, that's the thing to remember when you were hiring a subcontractor, you were responsible for everything for your, from the, subcontractor side to the client side if the subcontractor screws up that is on you if you if the yep. client doesn't pay you that's also on you to pay your subcontractor of course you know um and yeah 
and I'm on two, I'm at two opposite spots in that situation. I was brought in as a subcontractor to a company through a friend in another country and have still yet to be paid. And it, Damn. it's a big issue and it's a lot of money. And we did this over Christmas time. That's how long ago this was. Yeah. So, and then on the other side, no. And then on the other side, I, yeah, I agree with you, man. If it's under a certain threshold for me, I pay them immediately. Get it out. Of, you, know, you know, just get it out. Uh, but if it's the bigger ones and it's timed, and I think with a lot of these restaurants that we've been doing, they're in sequences. They, you, it's not an overnight thing, and it's taking a lot. It's a bigger projects than we've ever done. So sure. I like to say, we'll do you, we'll pay you per monthly, and this and this and this, and expect payment on these days. And as crystal clear as you can be, just same way you are trying to do with your clients, do it with your subcontractors, and hopefully you're eliminating a lot of those issues. Yeah, because it's they're not fun. I, I'm this is no. this that's what keeps me up at night. You know those kind of st- stupid well, issues. And I think so. a lot. It's a good. It's a good. Um, thing to think about when, okay, so the way you're structuring getting paid by your clients, it's good to keep all of this in mind. Because for instance, um, I always require a 50% deposit before we even start. That, That way I know I've got enough covered for me for all that work, plus the copywriter. Because he, that's when at that stage, because I don't get paid again until the design is complete right mm-hmm. before development. So I'm thinking who needs to be paid in that time? I do. And the, the copywriter has to be paid in that time. Yeah. So I get, make sure I get enough for both of those. Then we don't start development till we get that second progress payment. That way I'm, I know my developers covered. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Yeah. So what you don't want is to have all these people you're responsible for, but you haven't asked for enough money yet because there will be times when, a project is abandoned yeah. between then just because they don't have the cash flow mm-hmm. or whatever. So um, I would urge you all to really think a lot about who your subcontractors are, you know, through those different phases and make sure you've always got enough up front to cover mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So, I mean, how do you guys kind of manage the flow? Do you, I know, I don't think, I think I'm the only one of the three of us that really Uses Basecamp a lot, right? Or am I wrong there? I use uh, I've been using Slack for that okay. in a way. Um, and then if a client, uh, and then uh, what's the other one? Uh, Asana. Yeah, that's like oh. a, that, Asana's yeah. like a Basecamp competitor. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I I have two different accounts with that. Um, but you know, to be honest with you, I'm not. God, I have found a way to to kind of avoid those. I feel like sometimes those add more issues than make it streamlined for me i, I don't no, know it's you're wrong like, you were wrong no, no that's no, the I, purpose I, of these I, I i know but here's my problem i am i am on seven different ones with different clients with with school with the, the two yeah. other classes that i i oversee and i am on nine different versions of these things and i i can't stand them I, i'll be really honest with you i know their benefit yeah. i know that and I, but because certain clients want me on this, so one, you're bending. So you're bending to what your clients' thing is. See, I would recommend, like, if I can make a recommendation right now, um, mm-hmm. whenever I get a new client, I onboard them onto Basecamp. I don't give them the yes. option of saying I'm going to communicate with you on your thing, because that's well, they've yeah, it's they, like maybe because I don't, I'm not strong on one right now. When that when they a new client has come on board and they've got this is in their process they've been using it for years and they want me on it 
I have either said, no, I, do, I can't afford to. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's, it's going to slow me down. I, I would rather work human one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I know the need for it. Trust me. I know the need yeah. for it. I'm, I'm seeing the need for it. But it is the hardest transition to go from using like seven to eight different ones from other people and then trying to make my own. I'm like, I'd rather just talk to you. Sure. <laughs> I'm just sorry. <laughs> no, I get that. And I just, and everyone's yeah. got their own thing, but I just, I'm such mm-hmm. a convert to the whole base camp method of just I setting the to-do list. And yeah, like I don't, I don't really give clients that choice of, do you want to do email? No, it's like, this is, this is our process. This is how we make sure we, cause we're in charge of this website. Like we, mm-hmm. this is how we keep things flowing. And if we don't yeah. do it this way, we're going to get off track and it's easy for them fear, to just kind of, then they know all their website every, stuff is in one place, you know? Yeah. But my fear is that every project is a totally different model. And like, so I don't have a particular model that I think they could all follow and build. I'd be building so many different templates of these things. To be honest with you, it would, be, it would need a full-time assistant <laughs> to be handling it. So I, I, yeah. I'm just finding that my method's fine. Nothing's falling through the track, the slipping through the, you know, the tracks or anything. I know if if I do want to grow it, it's going to eventually be needed. I guess maybe I'm just trying to push it off as far as possible yeah. without it. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a different different episode, I think. But um, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I use, um, I use Jira primarily. Which one? Jira. Oh, Jira. Okay. Is she nice? Is she cool? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your assistant. It's free <laughs> and it's it's totally fine. Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, I've I've used Jira a little bit now and then, but um, yeah, I still like Basecamp. But and the last thing I want to talk about here is the tax implications. So keep it simple. Mm, if yes. you have a subcontractor who and you're in the U.S. and the subcontractor is U.S. based, um, you need to 1099 them at the end of the if year. If it's over 500, I think yeah. 600 is the threshold. But oh, you're right. It yeah. changed. Yeah. Um, but for and boy, it, did that come in handy this year. Oh yeah, that came in handy yeah. this year. Well, for me, like all my help is overseas. I mean, even if it's just Canada, which means I don't have mm-hmm. to um, do the ten ninety nines. But no big whoop to send them. But you can't really claim them. I guess you could try to claim them, but if you got audited, you'd be you in could, trouble. You know, you'd be in it trouble. It is an so. expense. I guess it is an expense in a way. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's like if you. You just, it's not the late, it's not the same as a labor would be when you're hiring someone that's US based, right? It's, yeah, it's where you, it's you still don't under, take, you don't it's still under subcontract work. And my tax guy just said mm-hmm. if, if they come back to you um, and say anything, just say they're all out of the US where that requirement doesn't exist. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's it good for that. Know. But yeah, but that got my tax bill down quite a lot this past it's year. Same, so. Oh man, this was the first year I had, we did six 1099s. And um, that was, boy, all of a sudden he was like, doo, 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 that number just went like, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty soon it looks like, like you made nothing. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get to our listener question, you know who else Nick loves? Say it, Nick. Is that FreshBooks? FreshBooks, baby. baby. <laughs> we love FreshBooks. Um, this makes it super ridiculously easy to, uh, you know, send out invoices for agencies and freelancers alike. Helps you work smarter, get organized, and most importantly, get you paid quickly. Um, So they've been redesigned from the ground up, custom built for designers. We love that. Um, It's even more designer friendly than it was before. And you can create and send really professional looking invoices in under 30 seconds. 
We love that. We love time savers Mm -hmm. around here. Mm -hmm. And with literally (laughs) two clicks, you can set yourself up with FreshBooks online payments and end up with money in your pocket sooner. And we love the stat that says... Uh, with FreshBooks payments, over 60% of your invoices get are paid within one day. Guys, that is so true. I got to yeah. tell you, the last three or four weeks, adding that bank, direct bank and credit card, they're paying like in days. It's insane. They like can't wait to whip out their, their plastic. I know. <laughs> they can't like, wait to pay money. us. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they've got a new projects feature so you can share files and messages with your clients might be a good uh, base camp alternative I haven't used it for that but sounds good um, so yeah the um, other things we love multi-currency invoicing um, if you're working with clients in another country it lets you do that automated mm-hmm. late payment reminders that's the best thing best ever, thing ever. <laughs> be, be the good cop let them be the bad cop all right, mm-hmm. so we've worked out a deal with FreshBooks um, to for a 30-day unrestricted free trial. We predict that once you start, you can't stop like potato <laughs> chips or Pringles or whatever. <laughs> yeah, for, it's been said before. It's a cliche at this point. FreshBooks is the Pringles of the online invoicing world. <laughs> We've always we've known that for a while. You can even make duck lips with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so to get your 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about a section. Once again, that's freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about a section and you'll get your free 30 days. Get paid. Get your money. Mm-hmm. All right. Hashtag. Hashtag get paid. So uh, our audio question, we've got an audio one this week, comes to us from Jeremiah Vega. And Jeremiah is excited. Let's listen to that. (laughs) Hey, guys. This is Jeremiah Vega from SonsCreativeCode.com out of Wichita, Kansas. I've been a longtime listener of the show, and I've got to say, it's been a blast. I really enjoy the contribution that Nick has brought to the team. And, of course, much love to Wes and Mikkel, too. Okay, on to the question. For those of us newer to the game... There are a ton of learning resources out there, and it can be a little overwhelming. I'd love to hear some of your personal recommendations for those you found most beneficial to your businesses. I'm talking entrepreneurial gurus, marketing podcasts, design books, Linda classes, or even your favorite Tony Robbins course. Okay, can't wait to hear your answers and keep up the great work. 2017 is going to be an awesome year. See ya. All right, Jeremiah, that was awesome. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, so places to learn stuff online. Like we, there's so many, there's so many outlets out there. Um, one new one that just came across my desk here is Skillshare. It's like yeah. you know, it's like at Skillshare.com. I think it's a, it's like an online video tutorial membership site, but it's great. It's got um, I what I took, I just took a course about Facebook ads. Because I kind of know about Facebook ads, but I um, Good to know wanted more. to learn more about how to make really persuasive ones, I guess. So I watched that tutorial for like, I think it was like two hours, and I learned a lot. Other than that, um, I love, see, like, I'm trying to think of who By I... By the way, they've, they've been really heavily used in schools, Skillshare, and they are getting some of the top-notch uh, people in our field to do specific courses on things that are really good capabilities we should all know. Like, like just like you said, with Facebook ads, or there's awesome. something you're really trying to get into. Oh, nice. So um, really, really targeting our industry really well. Yeah. And there's so many, like, kind of things like that. Um, 
trying to think who mm-hmm. I subscribe to on YouTube. Um, I tend to subscribe to a lot of kind of marketing people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. I do too. Cause I, yeah, because I like what, what interests me more now um, than design as, you know, is just kind of more that the, the, the smart marketing stuff, like how to kind of yeah. get in people's heads yeah. and persuade them to take action and stuff. It's great for selling your own services and it's great to have that kind of stuff on your side when you're yeah. working for a client. Yeah, for their website I, I, and materials. I, like, I like the same idea. You're right. It's almost good to get like as far as off of design and get into things that are a little bit more into either the mind or the marketing i like i love life hack things i love things that kind of help you make life a little easier yeah you know yeah. where Workflow you can find stuff or, yeah. yeah yeah you know i think um I'm, cool. I'm right in the middle of um tools of the ti- tools of titans it's uh what's his name uh tim ferris's new book and he interviewed 500 of the biggest like uh influencers and just go-getters and he asks them about their daily routines. Like, what do you do in the morning first thing? Mm-hmm. What do you do last thing at night? What do you do for health and wellness? What do you do for your mind? And like, great examples, 500 different people and they're, they're, and they're all of the tools that they've used to get better. That's okay. really cool. Do you, um, do you like Tim wow. Ferriss? I kind of find... No. I kind of find really. like... Yeah. <laughs> I kind of find people like that. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't even take it seriously. Yeah. Like... Really, you're, oh, you're just wow. trying to sell books, I think. But um, I I, I I beg to differ. But like, I know, hey, you got to make money. I get that. But I don't know, man. He 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 puts his life like in the in these full like full test modes just to get incredible data for you to understand and and know about and in all different realms. So I, I kind of dig him. I, and he's introduced to a lot of other people that are in that same zone. And you're right. Maybe I'm just buying everyone's book now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's working. Yeah. Um, no, I just say, I, like I, anything I, that's just like only work four hours a week. It's like, yeah, right. That's not, that's never going to Well, work. no, that's, that's oh, just yeah. the headline. That's just the headline yeah. to get you in. It's clickbait. It's, the, the first line <laughs> yeah, is that's, that's not really what I'm trying to say. Here. Yeah. It's, it's, you got to sell something. I get that. But, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think blog wise and, and unique things, it's neat to follow people that are going to help you, understand even how to run your business. I, mm-hmm. I've been uh I've been following a guy named Mark Hemian for a while and he's he runs a great company called Design Inc. out here. And uh, the uh, it was so cool that I even just reached out to him and he did this great thing last week with my students and got them so psyched on like overcoming the frustrations of being a designer, how to get better at pricing and all this cool stuff. So I love people like that that are just bring giving back to what they um what they learn and how I can, you know, we got to be sponges. I think the worst thing to be would be to cut yourself off of all this kind of great data out there. There's like uh, our listener question said, there's too much out there. There's just too much much influence. Um, I remember, I remember the main guy that I um, love on YouTube. His name is Derek Halperin. It's just like these Mm. quick little hits of just really interesting um, kind of marketing advice. That I think would apply to mm-hmm. almost all of us. So that and kind of just more meat and potatoes for like inspiration and stuff. I love the site awards.com with like two, three W's. It's a great place to start. It's like um, three. I always, yeah, three W's. I always get that mixed up. Because it's W, W, W. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it took me a while to get that too. But um, so <laughs> it's basically just a cool showcase of um, all the, the, the best looking new sites yeah. So when you're when if you're designing a website, um, it's a great place to start just for basic inspiration points. Yeah, and then you introduced me to crayons. Cray- yeah, I forgot about that one. 
I go through phases of like places I yeah, look at. I do too. I'm that you way too. Should, you kind of should though. I yeah, think that's I agree. the whole point. Yeah. Right? After a while you get what you need and it's like onto something that might be a little more new or fresh. Um, but crayon but yeah. is great for like before and after studies. Like they'll send you PayPal just did a refresh. It helps yeah. you track what other people are doing. I always love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food for thought. Oh. You just see what who's stepping out of trend and who's sticking with it. Who's got the balls here? Exactly. Yeah. You do, Mikkel. You do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. Oh, another thing I love is um, whiteboard Fridays that Moz puts out. Oh yeah, with uh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Fishkin. Just I, yeah, I can yeah. tune in just for his his stupid little mustache every day. Every time <laughs> <laughs> he's got the little like. <laughs> Uh, really right. mustache. I haven't but, um, I haven't gone to visit his stuff recently. Oh no, yeah, it's every Friday it's like a new uh, whiteboard video. Just it's yeah. all about SEO. Right. Um some of them are better than others. You know, I, you kind of get the feeling like they've almost said everything they can possibly say there so it's kind of diminishing returns, but there's a lot of good ones on there still. So check that out. Um yeah. anything else you guys you can think God, of? God, I, I did we? Uh, I know we talked about. Did you guys ever catch any of the abstract on Netflix episodes? Not yet. yet. It's oh, it's man, like it winks at me every time oh. I look. I'm on there, but it's so even the ones that are, like there's this one. There's this woman that became the set designer for like she's done every huge concert tour for like Jay Z and Beyonce and um, Kanye West and what an insane look at a whole other creativity that we just have never really gotten a behind the scenes yeah. look yeah. at well, not, a car, a car, de, car design one is really amazing. So like, I think it's good to see what, how other creatives work mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. We can learn well, not, from, not to be a name but dropper, you'll, you'll but it. my, my neighbor yeah. in West Hollywood was the set designer for married with children. And Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And the there nanny and like he designed the sets for a bunch of sitcoms from back in the day. Oh. So that wasn't that typical with the staircase yeah. in the back. Yeah. He had like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he had like yeah, the little models of all the, yeah, it was super oh, cool. Well, yeah. And she, yeah. And she does that with these, she goes out and finds these really unique things and she builds the model. She throws mirrors on it and lights. And then she's like, she's like, I have my idea. And it's all from these little mini things that she creates right out of like foam core. So yeah. I, I loved it. It's uh, I mean, we know our work and we know what we love to do, but like to see other folks doing it in a really high end level, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. You know? We'll check that Definitely out. Definitely check it out. As soon as I'm done with 13 reasons why, cause I'm a, apparently a tween. So. Oh, That's are you watching? watching? Yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> yeah. I heard it's really good. I heard it's really good. It's good. It's a little somber. It's a little like. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little, I don't know, but it's, I love, I love when enjoyable. I see a hashtag of something. I'm like, okay, I got to get into this. Yeah. What is it? What's this 13 reasons thing? Because yeah. we're, we're 13 year old girls at heart, Nick. I think we can get into it for that reason. So. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, well, uh, want to thank you, Jeremiah, for that, uh, that question. And keep sending in the questions to questions at thedeependesign.com or your audio question. Uh, just there seems to be a lot of um, confusion around this. I keep I get emails from people saying like, I didn't see a button for that. I wouldn't know. All you need yeah, to do is. Yeah, I saw is... that on the latest uh, podcast notes. Someone put a question in because they didn't know yeah. where to go. So here's the deal. Come on, guys. If you want to send in a question, you just type it in an email to questions at the deependesign.com. Or for the audio question, you just record yourself, make an MP3, mail it as an attachment. There's no like proper, uh, you know, mm-hmm. software we use for it. So <laughs> just do that and we'll hopefully get to it on the show or on Twitter using hashtag. DGDC. So 
Follow us on Instagram at Deeply Graphic. Is that right, Nick? I always forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other uh, plugs you guys want to throw out there before we wrap it up? I think we're good. I'm proud of us for not referring to online resource Instagram for inspiration based on the listener <laughs> question. I only <laughs> look at Instagram for like cat photos. We've talked and stuff. about That's... we've done we've we've talked about Instagram too much on shows. It's time no, to he, take a little he bit asked of a break. more specific. He asked more specifically, which was great. You yeah. know. I think more like for learning rather than inspiration, but I had to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Cuz sometimes inspiring is learning. And that's as good a note Learning as we're going to end inspiring. on. Yes. <laughs> With that in mind, keep designing. Keep Catch yours. us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design <laughs> Cast. Bye-bye. <laughs>